Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Friday edition. Hopefully you and your family had a f- fantastic Thanksgiving feast. I know we did. A couple different visits, which, uh, you know, by the end of the day, that last meal starts to get real rough. You go to the other family member's house, you're eating the same thing again, and uh, not like the day after leftovers, which I think have a nice sweet spot, but the but the second or third meal that you get involved in, it's the same things, gets a little brutal, so... A lot of a uh, lot of tired feelings yesterday. Needed some naps that we weren't able to get around here, but we pushed through. And hopefully, you guys had a great Thanksgiving as well. Excited to bring back in John Colosimo to join us on our Friday edition. John, how are you, my friend? Doing excellent, Jake. You know, I mean, uh, this is my favorite holiday. So, uh, and I'm I'm with you on the. Uh, I haven't had to travel like that, but when I was younger, um, I used to do that. So uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I haven't had to deal with that in uh, a few years. But uh, spirits are up, man. I, you know, we get the four days off, um, get the get the good meal. Uh, what I love about Thanksgiving is um, it's kind of like untouched by commercial messes. You know, it's it's still just family, football, and food. How can you go wrong? How can your favorite holiday not be the one built around food alone? You know, (laughs) maybe I'm just a fatty, but whatever. Like it's just my favorite. So I'm with you. All right. Well, we had a we had a fiasco over here. We tried to deep fry our turkey, but the deep fryer was uh, was not functioning the way that I felt comfortable deep frying a turkey. The propane was kind of getting a little leaky, and I saw it light up toward the wrong side of this thing one time. I'm like, nope, pulling the plug on that. So we had to go to good old Bob Evans to grab a turkey for this one on the day of Thanksgiving for my family. So that was uh, that was a nice treat. But otherwise, pretty uneventful and good food and good times and good people, and that's all we can ask for, right? Absolutely, man. All right, well, let's, let's talk around the NFL. So I think the thing that we you and I try to take like an overarching um, – you know, thought about the rest of the league and where it's at. And the thing that just continues to stand out to me above anything else is how weird and wild and unpredictable it feels like it has been. I mean, Tennessee, the team that's started to look like it was taking advantage and, and, and putting its foot down on the rest of the AFC loses to, to Houston, who's terrible. And we've seen Buffalo lose to Jacksonville and then get blown out by, by, uh, by, by, I think a, I don't know. Maybe the Colts are better than I think they are, but they get blown out. I mean, we've seen the Dolphins upset the the Ravens. We, it just feels like there's there's less a gap between the good and bad of the NFL than there ever has been. And I and you can correct me if I'm wrong. There, it just feels like it. And then I saw a stat too that said last year there were seven quarterbacks when the year finished who were 70 QBR and above. Now, obviously, we have plenty of time for someone to get there, but as it sat yesterday. There was not a single quarterback with a 70-year, and I, I think the number's right. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but there's a there's a number that QBR was above. Seven quarterbacks were above it last year. There are not, there's not a single one that's above it this year. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, uh, crowd noise involved again, you know, the pressure with more people in the stadium. You know, obviously the environment makes it harder to switch plays, things like that. I'm not sure, but um, those two things stood out to me. Do you align with those, John, about – 
quarterback play struggling a little bit because of environment, maybe uh, even home environment, as we heard from Baker Mayfield. Um, and then just the weirdness of maybe it's because we're focused on the AFC where it's especially weird, but I just feel like the gap is closing. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's unpredictable, man. And it feels very strange. I've always thought there's a lot of injury unpredictability. I've thought that over the years, but mm-hmm. it just feels like, okay, who's good and who's not. Is it just like to get the right week at the right time? I, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, this is a this is a wacky year. I mean, like flat out, I think unpredictable is probably the right word. Um, you know, I do like um, you know, you uh, pick 'em league uh, every year and you pick five games against the spread and um it's been absolutely brutal. Um and I just you know, it's like you said, you don't know who's good, uh you don't know how good anybody is. Um and I think it's just league wide. I mean, you just pick a team, you know, with whether it's Kansas City, like uh, who's who's having the year that they expected to have, you know, maybe sort of Tampa Bay, um, but even that can be week to weeks. Uh, you know, we've got a few left, but um, I don't, I still don't know. Here we sit in, you know, what is this week twelve, uh, um, and. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Like, uh, you know, anything that I thought two weeks ago is, uh, is, you know, under fire. And, you know, as far as predicting who's going to end up with this trophy, I mean, you basically just got to stick with priors almost, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's almost impossible to predict week, week to week. And, you know, like you said, like Tennessee had uh, run off this streak. They beat like three, four of the best teams in the NFL, supposedly. Oh, and uh, then they get their their butts kicked by Indy's not. I, you know, I think they're they're a solid team. I think uh, Carson has had a better year than I expect. Certainly, um, this way it began. Remember, like he had the thing, and you know they didn't even know if he was going to play for a while. It's just this is a really really strange year, and for me, it's a it's I'm, it's one I'm going to remember. Um, just for its quirkiness it is it is full of you know a bunch of we think this team is good maybe they're not good I don't know I, I know there's there's obviously been plenty of stories of teams that have won the Super Bowl who started out with records that um, you know the six and four seven and three type of range where maybe they're not dominating the league like you thought it just to me has felt like you know we've thought teams were going to be good in this league this year and then it's like okay why are they losing to this team doesn't totally make a ton of sense or whatever. And I don't know if it's like there's better talent across the league now, like where the basement of the NFL has been raised. So you can't sleep through some of the games that some teams have been able to in the past sleep through. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if it's more injuries than usual causing teams that are good or who have have snuck in some nice records to then, you know, sort of be uh, shorthanded in important spots and teams are finding is the coaching better? Is the coaching able to pinpoint more weaknesses? Does the increased volume of passing around the NFL lead to more variation in results? Some weeks your passing stuff is fine. Other weeks it's not. There's, there's probably a really good study to be done on this. I'm not going to be the guy to do it, but I just, uh, it's just something I've been thinking lately. I just feel like I've, I've been involved in the NFL, whether closely watching it or writing on it or something for a while, and this is the weirdest season I can remember. Like, I just don't, I don't feel I think, like I know who's good. And that's strange. Like, I just feel like any team, any week can beat anybody. And that's, that's more prevalent than I feel like it used to be. You know what I'm saying? No, I, yeah. And I, I, 
you know, I'm treating it as like a, you know, a one-off and I, I don't necessarily, my, uh, my view of it is that this is just a weird year. Uh, I don't think there's going to be, uh, I think people will try and I will definitely read those studies to, to figure things out, but I don't think that there's going to be an overarching theme that explains what happens this year. And I think we're headed for the kind of year where truly um, whoever gets hot at the end is going to come out on top. I think that's just watch, watch for who's really, you know, good these last two, three weeks of the season. And, uh, and that's probably who's got the best shot coming into these playoffs as far as I'm concerned. Yep. I mean, who's healthy too. I think healthy is, uh, is obviously every year a big factor, but, but the health will, will swing a lot of these things uh, as, as they traditionally do. But, uh, is is continuity stuff gets challenged as you get late in the year. I do think there is a relative coaching, uh, uh, an uptick in coaching quality in terms of deciphering weaknesses of teams. I've actually been pretty impressed mm. when watching teams play the Browns, pinpointing a lot of the weaknesses that they have and exploiting them at a higher clip than I think the Browns have been able to do to some other teams. In uh, I mean, maybe this is me focusing more on the Browns' defense and how teams have manipulated them, but definitely something I've noticed, and I think across the league, at least from people that I listen to uh, who who comment across the league, it's like there's a lot of conversation about well, the, the you know this the X team's offense knew exactly where they wanted to go, and it's it's just uh, it could be something. Again, I think there's more than what I'm just saying right now. But sure. there's there's something going on here that is that is a little bit more abnormal than I think it's just to me than just a, a, a one off. Where I think this might be the norm for the NFL going forward, where it oh, might not no. as make, <laughs> it might not make as much sense as we think it does um, from week to week. And it's you know I always say this on this podcast the motivation business stuff where social mm-hmm. media is now so popular that anything that is said, it's just it feels like it drives across to the team, the other team, and not taking them seriously. You know, and it's not even just like a player said bulletin board material, but it's everybody telling you you're going to win. You know? you know, It didn't used to be that way where everybody was saying the certain, but if you, if you read enough or if you follow the certain people that you follow that cover the team and they think the team's going to win, you start to believe it's just going to happen by showing up and I do think that that could have a little part of it too, but I also could be an idiot who's just searching for reasoning behind just a one-off season, like you're saying. Probably higher odds than that. But um, I want to ask you real quick before we switch over. We watched the we watched the the turkey turkey games yesterday, and I found myself wondering who would win. I think even somebody had tweeted it out. Maybe that's where my mind went to it. But who would win the 2017 Browns or the 2021 Lions? And I'm I'm. I'm ha- I'd have to lean. I think I'd lean Browns. I actually think I would. I, I, I think the Lions are pretty terrible. Like, really terrible. <laughs> I actually think the Browns would be able to get that done with Sean Kaiser. Where are you at on that? Didn't prepare you for this uh, question, but your gut, your gut's going to tell you one thing or the other. That Lions team is putrid right now. It's it's bad. It's bad. They they have some, uh, some okay stuff in the trenches. Um, they got more confident quarterback play than Kaiser. I mean, if you recall the all-time um, red zone numbers that he had that mm-hmm. were so bad in the red zone, I, I mean, historic. Um, and ultimately, uh, you know, yeah, you hit me with that, um, you know, from uh, from my blind side here. But uh, Hugh Jackson, I still like Dan 
Campbell more than Hugh Jackson. I mean, I, uh, I have like almost a personal hatred for Hugh. Um, <laughs> as <laughs> so, uh, I, I can't possibly take the Browns in that, but you know, these lines are really bad and, uh, it should be, you know, it's interesting because those Browns actually did play hard for you. They did that whole year. So it, it's similar to that. I think, I think these lines play hard for, for Dan as well, but, um, yeah, I, I'm going to lean on the Hugh versus Dan Campbell. And I don't know how historically that's going to play out, but I'm going to, I'm going to make my money betting against Hugh Jackson. I think a lot of people made a lot of money doing exactly what you just said. So probably the safe way to go. I'm actually pretty surprised how the public opinion um, has swayed on Dan Campbell, who I think everybody was ready to bury before he even started and has seemed to do a nice job of like balancing out some of the traditional football stuff or almost playing into it, you know, like leaning into that stuff and, and, uh, but he does some smart things, you know. It's funny because he said Except for when up. they played the Browns. I mean, they wanted to lose that <laughs> yeah, game. Know, oh, my goodness. They tried pretty hard. I mean, uh, you know, guys, there isn't the big, um, there isn't a big uh, pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. You could have won that game, and uh, um, it would have been fine. It's not like there's a, an Andrew Luck there waiting for you, and you got to make sure you got to lose these games. But, yeah, you're right. They Ooh. They really were on a mission to lose that game. They did everything they could, man. What did they kick that field goal? <laughs> then they wouldn't go for it on a fourth and three. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's a bad week for me to say that he does this. <laughs> overall. Overall, in the year, he's he's been. I guess he set the bar so low, and then it turned out he was actually doing, you know, data wise, some uh, some smart things like fourth down decisions and stuff like that. Um, when it looked like he was just going to be a straight up, uh, you know, donkey. Uh, with some of that, you know, talk in the off season, uh, but yeah, it's, it's probably the wrong week for me to say they've done some smart things. But uh, I'm really talking about the, you know, from the low bar they set. Well, we're we're eyeing you up, Detroit. We empathize with you. <laughs> yes. um, we've been there, and hopefully, you guys can turn around. Like you said, though, there is not. I mean, I think that the the Thibodeau kid from Oregon is pretty solid, and there's some other good football players. I think this draft will be more of a depth draft than it will be a highlight at the top of the draft type of draft. oh it's some very good players yeah. I, I guess i mean uh quarterback wise no you know? i i think the, i think yeah. there's i i just think this is going to be like a the, look at all of the pretty solid players that ended up coming out of this draft and it's not mm-hmm. going to be like a ton of hall of fame type guys i just uh i'm with you i, I guess what i'm saying is I'm, I'm definitely with i wouldn't tank for any one player in this draft i'd have no desire to do that even you know it's not even a chase young to me that, that's no. out there that's floating in this thing that would make you feel great about that first or or a Bosa or a Miles or anything like that because you can you can tank for the right edge player I think you can feel good about that yeah. if you get that guy but um, this one is a weird one so anyway good luck Detroit let's shift to the <laughs> AFC uh, North as we always do it, it the Bengals end up uh, surprisingly the game started really strange I, I actually thought they were going to get get it handed to them a little bit there but then they ended up rallying and somehow. 32 to 13, the Raiders, who, and again, I know the Raiders are going through it, but the Raiders we just saw yesterday beat Dallas. They're fighting, they're clinging. And it's like, to me, the the message I have about Cincinnati is, yeah, the Browns got them really well at home, but they're not going anywhere. I I really think they're, they're on their way to 10 wins or more. Like I could see them get, I mean, they go, 
Pittsburgh. I fully expect them to beat a beat-up Pittsburgh team. They host the Chargers, who I don't think are quite as good as people thought they were going to be after they beat Cleveland early in the year. They host the 49ers, winnable. Um, they go to Denver, winnable. Host the Ravens, nah, probably don't win that one. But then you have a home game against the Chiefs and Bengals. I mean, like, what are they, 6-5 and five right now or 6-4? Six 6-4. And six and I mean, yeah. do you see four wins there potentially? I could see them winning three and then you coin flip three others. I just think they're going to be around, man. Yeah, the way that this season has gone, um, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, um, you know, they absolutely have a shot here, you know. So they – We'll see. I mean, you know, they, they've been consistent in certain ways. Um, you know, they're, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they could, they could end up with 10 and that, and that would be very different than what I thought. Not that different. I mean, I, you know, I didn't, but I didn't see him <clears throat> being above 500 and now we could be talking, you know, 10 and seven pretty easy. They, they just have enough skill talent and, and Joe does enough. I mean, those three receivers that if you're not on point, like Cleveland was, when they played them, if you have any laps in coverage, I mean, if you look back at that game, go through the statistics of it, this is who they are. They find a way to get Joe Mixon going. I mean, he goes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. He's healthy, playing good football. And then you just, even when you hold down, I mean, Tyler Boyd led the group six for 49, Jamar Chase three for 32. And, and it's like when the defense shows up and plays relatively good football, c- creates a couple turnovers all of a sudden they've put 30 points on you. So that's why I think people might have underestimated them and the people, when I say people, it's including me, healthy Joe Mixon, not a very good player last year. We thought might be slipping a little bit, but when he's really playing good football, he's a tough cover. And then you mix in the passing talent and you got a pretty dangerous group there that despite Joe Burrow only throwing for 148 yards, they're able to hang 32 (laughs) points on the board. So they're different than I think, different in a way that I think I underestimated them. So I, I, since he again has my attention, think about, you know, the, the wide receiver core there that they are putting on the field this week compared to what we will be putting out on the field. It's, it's impressive. I said it when they drafted him, man, like that. I have a lot of respect for Tyler Boyd. I think he's a tough football player. And when I was calling their three wide receiver group, which again, they run a ton of 11 personnel. And why would you not? It is one of the most impressive groups in the NFL. And they it's a good tight ends as well. And they're, like and they're young. Guys. Yeah. It was almost been really yeah. good for them this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I don't look forward to playing them again. And I think they're going to have a really nice run for the next five years or so. As far as contention, Pittsburgh gets some karma delivered back into their lap. I was like just sitting in my chair, watching this game with, with LA thinking there's, how how could this happen? Like how could a blocked punt um, among other things leads to a whole bunch of goofiness. And it's like, I'm just like, how, how can LA let this game slip away like that? Now, Justin Herbert did Justin Herbert things and they ended up winning the game because of a busted coverage and a nice Joey Bosa sack late. But man, just amazed that Pittsburgh could could hang around. But the thing that's amazing to me, really truly amazing is that despite all of the, production you know they and they they went for uh 37 points now largely based off the block punt like i said and then they had a turnover a batted ball way up in the air that ends up getting intercepted they only went for 300 yards they're still a putrid offense in my opinion ben put together his best performance of the year 273 yards and three touchdowns but they only went 39 rushing yards on the ground for Najee harris and it's like that's the best version 
and 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 if the best version for them is only going to get 300 yards i still i still can't take pittsburgh serious so i i don't i don't view them as a serious contender uh, they they're going to win some games still that they should win that they shouldn't win because of draft position that they should they should be looking at how they get their team right for the next whatever amount of years. I don't know how that'll happen for them. I, I, I don't have a problem with them, I guess, John, winning eight, nine games. I think I even called it before the year that even though they weren't going to be very good, I was like, I could still see them getting to nine wins or so just by nature of who they are. But I'm just happy that they're winning these games at this point because it gives them a worse draft pick and a draft that they'll need to get something good to keep keep moving forward. So I'm just, I, I guess I'm still collectively not worried about Pittsburgh this year. And I don't see how they ever become what they used to be because I, I guess, unless they land a trade for one of these quarterbacks in the off season, right? Yeah. And I guess that's a, that's a possibility, but you know, I'll have to see it to believe it. You know, they, um, you know, Pittsburgh, this just isn't going to be the year that they fix it. You know, they could, nobody's going to convince me that, they're going to get a one-year fix. Now they've got, you know, some good bones um, and maybe they take one of these quarterbacks and, you know, I've, I've been telling, you know, this quarterback, I'm sure there'll be some quarterback that hits in this draft, um, but nobody's going to know which one it is. <laughs> and um, hopefully it's not one that uh, the Steelers, you know, I would like to see them grab a quarterback, like we said uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, and put a few years into a bad quarterback, but you know, uh, I don't think there's going to be a quick fix. So anybody thinking, oh yeah, we'll just um, we'll grab Aaron Rodgers? That, I, no, it's not happening. I don't um, think it is either. I don't think it is yeah. either. For I maybe mean, yeah. they could get Russell Wilson or something. I mean, it's not like people would hate to play for Pittsburgh. Granted, like the, where the organization's been for all those years, it's not like you're taking a flyer on an organization that doesn't try to support its yeah. rosters. You know what I'm saying? But but you, can you even imagine though? That, you know, the, the Steelers have been like a very if nothing else, a steady conservative franchise for my whole life. Uh, could you imagine them making a crazy blockbuster trade for a veteran quarterback? That just seems so out of character for the organization as a whole. I just can't wrap my head around that idea. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, I guess it's like they stumbled into Ben and they never needed to, right? I don't know what they True. did before Ben. I mean, I know those were like Tommy Maddox days, right? Yeah, Maddox. Some, and, uh, some ugly quarterbacks, right? Oh, some bad ones, yeah. I just... Um, absolutely. I, I guess it's how... I. I what what tells me they might is how aggressive they were with Minka Fitzpatrick and willing to give up a first round pick to defense, do it. You know, I, I'm like, with you. I'm with you. It's just like if they're willing to do that for a safety, why wouldn't they be willing to do that if a quarterback really Russell yeah, Wilson's I mean, really available? I'm totally with you. I think it's easy for us sometimes to like think that certain organizations won't do things at quarterback because they've always been good. Well, it's like, well, why would they need to, right? They they yeah. did it the right way, and kudos. I mean, Roethlisberger panned out and all of that with the pick you took him at, but like when they get desperate, when their back's up against the wall, will they come off of that? I think I'd be more surprised if Baltimore ended up being a team that had done that had not they not landed Lamar, but Pittsburgh seems just – I'm just hunching it based off of – the Minka thing where it was like, really? That seems like a, that just seemed, seemed super aggressive. And at a time where they didn't really know what Ben was going to be. So they were, they were really, cause Ben was like coming off surgery at that point or his, is it was maybe before his surgery. I can't remember the year where he ruptured that elbow up or whatever he did. I think they might've made the Minka trade before that, but they at least knew Ben was, he was pushing the limit here. I mean, it's not like he was coming off all these great seasons and he was still trending young, so they were aggressive about it there at that point when there were some good quarterback drafts coming. So I don't know. They did they, it with Devin Bush too. Even the Devin did. Bush thing was uh, bonkers in my opinion, as far as uh, what you were doing. Now. Yeah. You know, he looks putrid. I know he's coming off the, ACL I thought it was bad at the time. Like you just don't, you don't trade that kind of draft capital to move up for a linebacker. I, I just agree. don't. Um, I, I thought it was bad at the time. You know, it, the Minka one has worked out probably better than that one, and I thought that one was bad just from, a, you know, a resource standpoint. Um, you know, long term, these guys should pay for those two moves, um, and I hope that they're not bailed out by a, um, a idiotic move by Pete Carroll and the – yeah, the Seattle Seahawks. But I would hope we'll Seattle see. can decipher that they need to keep him over, keep him over Pete. But yeah, they, but it's always been a weird thing out there with them. They've never been like you know, even even when he was getting his first raise, they were, you know, they, he had to pry it out of out of Pete Carroll just to get that first raise. <laughs> it's never felt like that was um, a good marriage between those two. Well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't luck into something like that because that would be Agreed. it would be really annoying. Like you said, it'd be fun to watch them toil around for a while trying to figure out quarterback. Like we, I feel like we deserve we deserve to watch that. Not that the NFL cares about what a fan base deserves or not, but I would just <laughs> it would be a really fun thing to watch because I'm tired of watching Baltimore and Pittsburgh just continually keep these trains moving along. So, um, talking about Baltimore, I. Again, they're the cockroaches, man. They they will not. They they end up giving up a late score. They're starting uh, Huntley, and and they figure it out. And it doesn't make any sense how they figured out how to win that game, but they did. And um, they are to me until if Cleveland goes and beats them this week, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, they're they're just they're the favorites in the division. I know they lost that Miami game, and I know it was weird and. Um, 
all of that. And uh, we thought it gave a big recipe for how to beat them. But I just, it's a mixture at this point. It's a mixture of a franchise that, that is expected to win a bunch of people, coaches, players who have formed their identity on that winning in a, in a mixture of two of, of ridiculous luck. And it's, just that's just what it is you know what i mean it's like fortitude and toughness and uh belief that you're going to win because that's all you've ever done maybe since you've gotten into the nfl or that's what the coaching staff teaches you to do the right things to win there but it's also asinine luck at the same time right where it's just that that's what their season is at this point and you have to you have to just expect it if you don't expect it then that's on you in my opinion and and you have to do everything you can to put these guys away, but I'm I'm worried about this week. But I definitely think Baltimore has earned the right to be the favor or the fa- the favorite in this division at this point. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm I'm very pessimistic at this point. Um, looking at the season with the Browns and with um, this division, you know, this uh, you know a month ago, you know, you're talking about or maybe a little more than a month ago, you're talking about this division as you know maybe the best in the uh, you know, in the sport this year. Um, now I see this division as, um, you know, a group of decent football teams that have absolutely no chance that hold no trophy at the end of the year. I, I do. I do too. I kind of feel like maybe we're, we're losing uh, or, or miscalculating the idea of being a really good division with being a bunch of bad teams that are just kind of like uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just bad teaming each other in roulette fashion. That That's yeah. definitely... That's definitely fair. I, I don't think Cleveland is who we thought they were, whether that's because of what we're going to talk about with Baker and the injuries or, or whatever it's turned into. They're definitely not who we thought they were going to be. And um, I think that's true of some other teams in the division as well. So let's transition. I mean, you haven't had a real chance. You didn't talk last week, John. So, um, you know, we saw him struggle with New England, and then we saw him struggle here in in just a wild form against the Lions where it was like, you know, it was uncomfortable. I think the best word is it was uncomfortable where you saw him just hurting them, like actively hurting them. And um, I've speculated all week, whether through my own uh, just talking to myself or having guests on about whether this decision to play him, who it's coming from, because I'm I'm just totally not sure who it's coming from at this point, because it's weird to me that we can all see it and nobody else is seeing it. But I, I don't know. I don't. I, you know, I like. I said. I don't think they're 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 uh, Russell crowing Baker Mayfield out there as a gladiator. I don't think they're forcing him to go out there and play. I definitely think he thinks he can play, but to me, it's like okay, we can see it. It's pretty clear Kevin's frustrated on the sidelines, but there is there like a mandate that hey, if he's gonna if he's cleared and he says he wants to play, he plays. No questions asked. Like I don't. I just don't know if we're there. But but maybe you can add some light to what you've been thinking about the whole situation. No, it's a mess. It's a mess. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, the organization, you know, as far as, uh, playing and not, play, you know, I, I think people might be overrate our backup, um, you know, to where you think, you know, why, why are they playing him over, over case or, or whatever the case, I, I just don't think they have much going on at the position, no matter who goes out there. And, Baker is beat to crap right now, and uh, and he's playing poorly. Besides that, um, and I, you know, at this point, like I said, uh, I'm feeling very pessimistic. Uh, I, I wonder 
much damage you can do just uh, and I'm not talking physically uh, how much damage that you can do uh, in the final six games of this season um, I think that you know locker room wise like how bad can he play um, how much of an effect can that have on the teammates um, can you hold the locker room with a quarterback playing this badly um, and also to John like the fans where yeah. It's is it going to be like okay Baker clearly impacted not himself by injuries whatever and the fans are booing and whether that is all booing oh, Mayfield or all yeah. booing the team's performance in general um, I don't think people have talked enough about that where it's like okay they're yeah. maybe not just booing Baker they're probably booing everybody because they're playing poorly but then it's like okay if Baker were missing these games in case Keenum were str- was in there and they were still struggling it'd be like well we'll get Baker back next year and and. True. All those good, but then you're, but then this year it's like, okay, we're putting him out there and he's not playing well. And it's obvious why he's maybe not playing well or not, you know, there are some things I think the injuries are impacting some things. I think that his own issues, but like it's getting to well, a point, you know, it's getting to a point where I think that the, the it's clearly affecting Baker. Like the, the booing is giving him issues. He's commenting on them. He's clearly bothered by them. He's walking off the field. He's not talking to anybody, he's skipping media you know, responsibility. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's not just the locker room, which I think you're spot on about. Like, I just think maybe it, 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 you start to worry about it. If it continues on the path, it's going doing damage to how he feels about Cleveland and how Cleveland feels about him. Right. Oh yeah. Like this is spiraling to depths that uh, I never saw as a possibility. And, uh, and you know what, like, I'm going to say this, um, you know, Emily, shut the F up, man. You know, and that's not about like being a woman or anything like that. She is not helping this. And, you know, putting this bullshit out on social media is just stoking the fans fires like Cleveland can get ugly. You got to know that. Like, it's not, you know, I'm not talking about myself, but those guys in the stands. I mean, we're the we're the team that cheered when, you know, our quarterback got hurt. Don't forget that the same people are here. And it could, you know, we're, we're approaching that kind of ugliness in the fan base right now. And, uh, we got six games of this left. I mean, Jesus, like I, I, the, I'm, like I said, like uh, I'm in a bad place, like looking at this and, you know, me personally, you know, obviously I'm just kind of getting dejected. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to lash out on anybody, you know, I'm certainly not, booing or you know or or any of those things but uh i'm telling you that things if you think they can't get worse it can't Mm -hmm. and uh i it it absolutely might and also like maybe don't take the opinion of seven seventy percent of the crowd that's just absolutely hammered drunk like yeah i wouldn't get too too offended by those folks i mean like i think there's a lot of people that have really good perspective on this and then there's you know they're they're drunk and stupid like it's yeah, I, I get it. You're going to be offended anytime somebody boos you. I, it's it's human nature, but you're not dealing with the smartest people. He has to know how bad he's playing, though, right? That's the thing he that has to that, know how bad he is playing. Yeah, that's where you start to worry about what Nate Tice said earlier in the year, which is that lack of self awareness for him as a player. Yeah. And does that lack of self awareness creep into how he perceives he's playing? Do you know what I mean? Like. He thinks, yeah. oh, I'm not playing too bad. I've hit some of these throws. You don't know what I'm dealing with injury-wise. Well, no, man, if you go view this from an, a neutral perspective here, dude, you were literally hurting the team. Like, you were missing several open throws, your turnovers that are hurting the team that are clearly, if you look at the coaches, what he's saying after them and 
you know, you look at the defense and how they play in response to a turnover you make. It's like, yeah, you have to understand how bad you're hurting the team. And skipping he media stuff is bad. It's bad. I yeah, it's a bad look. I don't care about it as much as as some people on that regard, and I don't believe the he's not talking to teammates thing. But uh, no, that we'll, part you I, know, don't I don't believe either. You, but you yeah. got you would agree. You 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 have to talk to the media. You, it's it's yeah. like it's your league responsibility, man. It's, True. It's, I mean, it's in the contracts. I'm with you though. I think listen. I don't want to talk to some of those guys either. Tr- trust me. I'm not like begging you to talk to the media. But part of being the leader of a franchise is you have to face it, no matter when you have to. You know, the good True, or the bad. Absolutely. The You're good right. or the bad. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Where where do you think it goes? How how do you feel about him this weekend? It's a dangerous game. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. First of all, you know, uh, the expectations were so high. This team has underperformed just about in every imaginable way. And like I said, I, uh, you know, th- this week, there's no reason to be. <laughs> God, I, you know, I'm the wrong person to be talking to right now. There's no reason to be hopeful right now. <laughs> so, like, even yeah. if, like, here, here's why. Here's where I am right now, and and I apologize if this is not good for a pod, but you know. This team, you know, could even in the best of scenarios, this team comes out and wins this division, uh, which is almost impossible. Um, even if they won, they can't beat anybody in the playoffs. This team is 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 not good, and they could come out and win this week, and you know, I'll cheer for that. But uh, you know, it's not going to make me think they're going to come out of the bye week and win again. Um, I, I don't see the path here, and all at this point, I'm hoping for is damage control. Um, and that requires them to start playing better and feel good by the end of the year. And it's hard to see how that happens right now. And I just hope like, and and then you deal with the problems with him going forward. He's under contract next year. Um, but you know, and I've been a hundred percent convinced that he's going to be the quarterback next year, but I'm not sure now, you know, honestly, God, it, it can get so bad, so toxic, um, that, that might not be the case. They might take uh, extreme steps at the quarterback position after this year um, and uh, and find a way to move on if it gets much uglier. And like I said, I mean, six games is a long time, guys. It's a long time. Yeah. It's a lot of bad football. If you play bad football for these next six games, I can't say that they won't do something extremely drastic, you know, and I mean drastic because he's got guaranteed money next year. He's going to be banged up. He's going to be untradeable basically, you know, so 
things <laughs> things could be really bad and and they could be looking at where they just eat that money and move on. I don't know. I don't that's, either. That's where I'm at. That's a great point about the the banged up situation. If he had gone out after week two and gotten the surgery, he would definitely be coming into this year, next year. I mean, with a with a clean yep. bill of health. But he's decided to fight through it. And whatever, you know, cool. You made that choice. But there's going to be an off season surgery, and it's like, will he be ready to really go for next year? That's a that's a big not question. for another team. No, right? not like, yeah, I mean, not to feel another, good about another... trading him. Another team would have to get him. You got to get your quarterback early. You're not going to get your quarterback in training camp, and um, you know. So, like for any for any situation where people think that you know another team might want to grab a quarterback, it's going to be you know at or around time. And there is almost zero possibility that he could pass a physical in that time. So, you know, really limited options and. Uh, um, I just all I'm all I'm hoping for right now is to stop the ugliness, and uh, that requires playing better. And I don't know what's going to happen. I just I just really hope this doesn't come to a crescendo of awfulness. Well, that that's so, what you're that's what you're looking at here. We'll talk about how they beat Baltimore real quick because I think it's pretty it's pretty easy yeah. to look at. I mean, Baltimore's going to do what they always do, which is they're going to get down in your face. They're going to mug you. They're going to get you. I think they sit top five in the NFL in man coverage. They still bring more blitz in the top 10 in blitz percentage. And do they have quick answers? I mean, the, okay, so there's two ways Baltimore struggled. Beat, teams beating their man coverage, which if you look at Donovan Peoples-Jones coming off the groin, you look at um, – you're not, you're not going to get Anthony Schwartz. You're, you're going to look at Rashard Higgins, who's just uh, apparently just not anywhere near the type of player he was in the past years. So, you know, you start adding up all of those things and – Okay, they can't beat man coverage that well. They've gotten beat on some missed coverages where guys have run wide open and the quarterback has found them. I don't feel great about Baker Mayfield finding somebody with chaos around him. So it's like, I don't know how they put up a ton of points other than doing what they do running the football. And that seems to me the only way that they're going to put up uh, any number of points the rest of the year, which is running the football ridiculously well. And that again paints a picture in and of itself, John, that they have to run the football to to put up a ton of points. But you know, I I, I just think offensively, I'm really worried about it. As far as a game where he's throwing fadeaway jumpers because they don't have enough men to block, and he doesn't find the quick answer, and it's it's pretty easy to see how Baltimore could get under his skin and confuse him in this game, right? Yeah, no, I I mean you you really hit the nail on the head as far as what I'm thinking. Uh we we can't beat their man coverage. There's there's no reason to think that we can. Um you know, Baker's not playing well. Um uh, you're 100% right that it, that the points are going to have to come from big plays in the running game. And I don't mean yeah, I mean big plays, you know, not just general success. We're going to have to hit some home runs. And then the defense is going to have to do its Jekyll and Hyde thing and just have, you know, a week like they had against the Bengals. You know, that's that's the only recipe for success against this team. Um, and, uh, you know, even if you play great defense like we did against the Bengals, you still got the Lamar factor. And you know how this Baltimore team has played. So if you, you know, there's there's zero chance that there's ever going to be a point in this game where you feel like you're comfortable and we're going to win. Right? Yeah. All the way to the final bell. There's, there's no scenario where I can see the Browns finding themselves where there's going to ever be a point in the game where you feel comfortable. So, um, 
I just hope that it's entertaining. I hope that the the defense can um, can hold these guys down um, and not embarrass themselves running after uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, and we can hit some home runs in the run game. Do you think Joe Woods is audacious enough? I guess is the right word. I don't know. Uh, bold enough to try to replicate what some of Miami did, which clearly gave. Lamar and the wide receivers issues or do you think he just says we are who we are and we're going to go do this I'm not asking them to get kooky like like drop their a drop their defensive tackle 18 times in the coverage like Baltimore did and play catch man at 10 yards but I do think there's some of that that they should be considering doing do you think they're bold enough to do that or do you think we'll just be chuckling about how they didn't do anything different and Lamar carved them up come Monday you know, it's weird. I, I, you know, I don't think much of Joe Woods at this point, but, um, you know, it's a good question. I actually do. I, I do think that they are capable of doing some weird stuff once in a while. Um, I don't know. I have no idea how to predict that, you know, because it's not predictable. He doesn't seem to to adapt to the opponents very well. Um, but once in a while, I have seen a couple of times this year where – um, you know, just once or twice where we've come out and done some different stuff. So I, I think that he has it in him. Um, you know, and I feel <laughs> almost like um, the water boy, you know, where it's like last game of the year, Dan. Can't hold anything back now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know whether he will. I do think he has it in him. I just don't have any way of predicting whether, you know, whether he will. Yeah, everybody starts their playoff season at some point. Some teams start it in week 17. Some teams start it in week 4. Some teams start it in week 13 or whatever we're going to be in, week 12. I think we're in week 13 now. I think like Cleveland has started their playoffs here in week 13, right? So um, they can't afford to lose any more games. Uh, you know, they can't afford to lose yep. any of these. So they, they need to uh, at least split these two and then – then you're looking at still some brutal games coming up. So, like, to me, they have – although they can lose and still have percentage odds here, I just feel like they can't afford to lose many more games, period. So this is like them starting the playoffs. So hopefully we see them do some different things. I The, the, the feeling you have, which I'm, I'm not trying to bum out all of our listeners, and you've made great warnings about where you're at mentally with this team, I am – in a very similar spot where even if they win a game or two that they shouldn't win the rest of the way, they are so tragically flawed. It is hard for me to take them as serious as we thought we were going to be taking them earlier in the year. So yeah, they're not a lost cause in terms of being able to win a football game or two, the rest of the way three, four, and even maybe getting to to, to nine or 10 wins. But like we saw them as actual Super Bowl contenders. We were really having those conversations, even through yeah. early portions of this season. It is hard for me to believe that they have whatever whatever they need to win a Super Bowl, whatever that is, whether you want to whatever you want to quantify it. I just don't feel like there's a collectiveness, a cohesion, and a performance happening from the individual parts that equal a great, you know, the great sum that you need to 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 go on and beat really good teams and win the Super Bowl. So um, maybe not the Friday pod you were hoping for from a positivity perspective, but, you know, we come on and give our opinions. And I think that, you know, more often than not, John, we've been pretty good about these in terms of accuracy. So, um, yeah, any closing words, any closing thoughts before the weekend? Uh, you know, only one. You know, guys, enjoy enjoy your holiday. Have a good time. You know, football – what happens on that field, it's not your personal 
you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't reflect personally uh, on how you feel too much. So that, that's my only closing thoughts. I know it's been a little bit negative, uh, but overall, uh, you know, life is good. You know, it's the holidays. Enjoy yourself. Don't live or die with what happens this Sunday. Good advice. Cause it's, uh, it's got a potential to uh, be a death situation for somebody if they do. So, uh, like like John said, enjoy your uh, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, um, whatever you do, enjoy it. I should close with this too, John. What are you? How are you feeling about Ohio State, Michigan? Do you think it's? Uh, you think it's another <laughs> situation where people think Michigan has a chance, and it's like, yeah, well, when you look at the talent, they really don't have that much of an opportunity here. My God, if they, the only chance they've got is if that pass rush just uh, destroys Ohio State. Yeah. Other than that, I saw the spread at, at minus seven and a half, and my eyes bulged. I immediately put my extremely modest bankroll on Ohio State, and I feel extremely good about that. I, I do, can't believe that the spread isn't higher. I do think McNamara is a little more capable than what Michigan's been putting out there for the past five to ten years, but True. I just low don't. Bar. I don't. Very low bar. I just don't see them being able to consistently match Ohio state in points. Like I just feels like a, maybe another 63 to 30 type, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. just, the ta- the discrepancy of wide receiver talent is it's wild. It's wild. And I think we're taking a little bit of it for granted at Ohio state, how good these, these wide receivers are. So hopefully that game goes the way we anticipate it will. Hopefully you guys get with family, enjoy it, have a great time. It's a primetime Sunday night game, which I absolutely hate. We will be on here at the OBR late. Uh, I think we'll be in an hour before the game, seven o'clock. So you guys can join us before and join us after. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to John over the course of the next week or so. We appreciate your time, John. Hey, have a good one. Uh, It's great talking to you. Have a good holiday, buddy. You too, my friend. All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Have a great Friday. Enjoy your, like we said, enjoy your weekend with family. Enjoy your weekend with good football. One of the last few good college and NFL weekends combined, um, which sucks to think about because that means we're getting into the the dog days of uh, December and January in terms of where football starts to dwindle down a little bit. But enjoy it while it's here, and we appreciate all your support for this podcast and the OBR and uh, all that good stuff. That really does mean the world to me. Appreciate you guys. Have a great Friday, a great weekend, and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.